Dev listeners, thanks again for tuning into Sims Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. Today we're going to be talking about the Eye of the World, <laughs> the first in the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. So the book was initially published, originally published in 1990, January 15th, 1990 to be exact. And I want to say this was probably at the height of, you know, when fantasy was really, really big. Um, I remember going to the bookstore as a child with my mom, and I remember the fantasy section just looking bigger than life. Um, I remember it looking so much bigger than it does now as an employee of the bookstore. Um, I feel like there's not enough fantasy anymore and it makes me sad <laughs> um or maybe it's just been broken up into a lot of more groups you know you've got more of it going into the fiction section and more of it going into young adults so I don't know but it doesn't seem as big as it used to be um I say this because the book itself while I enjoyed it it was really tropey and I don't think it can, I can't ignore the tropes because, you know, it's, I, I understand why the tropes exist because I don't think in the 1990s they were considered tropes back then. They weren't so overdone as they are done now. Um, so your first trope is, you know, that chosen one trope. Not only is our chosen one a farm boy, but our chosen one is an adopted farm boy. <laughs> um... I th when I read that, I'm just my mind instantly goes to Superman, Luke Skywalker, Aragon. Um, you know, you have your farm boy chosen one trope, <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. Um, for me, I did like it though because it did fill me with this sense of nostalgia. It did. It gave me something to read. It, it gave me something that I wanted to read, honestly. So, I thoroughly did enjoy it, um, that trope. But I, as I'm reading it, I just couldn't take it seriously. Because it is a trope. But again... Back in the 90s, I don't think that trope was so overused as I think it has become overused over the time. So if you're a new reader going into this book, just expect that. Um, it, it might feel a little tropey because it was written back in the 90s, you know. The second trope is... Um, our band of heroes gets separated. <laughs> Again, you know, how often does that, does that um, happen in literature? You know, where your band of heroes gets separated. And it works, you know, as a trope, it does work. And the reason being is, I think we have such a large cast of characters. If they hadn't gotten separated in the night, 
if they hadn't gotten separated, I don't think we as readers would have been able to connect to our heroes individually because I don't think the author really would have been able to devote the time necessary to these characters as they did. So again, I did enjoy that. It was something worth my enjoyment to see the author really focus on focusing on who his heroes were. It did give Jordan that opportunity to flesh out their personalities, to flesh out the stakes of who they are. So in that respect, you know, I was okay with it. I did like it. I was not put off by it, honestly. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that. <laughs> um, and there's also a lot of world building that goes into that trope. So it's a, it's a trope that I'm okay with, again. Um, because we are allowed to get to know the characters and we're allowed to get to know this world. I mean, there is a lot of history in this world. There's a lot that's happened. You know, as the Wheel of Time spins, you know, it goes age after age after age. Just think of Tolkien, you know, the age of mortals, the age of men, the age of elves. Um, so there are a lot of ages that are referenced in the story because there's always a dragon, there's always a dark one, there's always a battle, and then there's peace. So it's kind of like this thing that's constantly happening um, repeatedly, except people don't really know that it's happening repeatedly. To them, to normal mortals, it's just like, oh, it happened this one time, and then that's it, you know? They don't know that it happened a time before that, and then a time before that, and then a time before that. So I think that that was really, really cool. Especially because in the newest publication of this book, um, there are two prologues. Now, yeah, I know, really interesting, right? I did a little research on this. The second prologue was added you know, pretty recently, um, you know, with this newest publication, I believe it was 2016, this newest publication. And what it does is it's, it's called, titled The Ravens and it gives the author a chance to delve into a time of innocence. Um, when it comes to these characters, we're seeing Edwin, Ed, Edwin, I can't pronounce her name, um, the Wisdom, Matt, Rand, Perrin, we're seeing all of them as younger children or teens when it comes to the, the Wisdom. We're seeing them in a point of innocence in their life. And they're learning about the one, you know, the dark one. They're learning about the dark one. They're learning about 
the dragon, they're learning that history isn't just about heroes and fighting and glory. It has darkness to it. And they're learning this at a young age. And I think it's really important because they forget about that as they go off on their adventure. They're like, woo, we're finally going to leave our small little town of two rivers and embark on the world. And then throughout the entire narrative, they want nothing more than to get back to their isolated little town of two rivers. They want nothing more than to return back to a time of innocence, but they can't. So I think that that prologue really does give a hint of the struggles that these that our heroes are going to face you know um and that's what i liked about it you know it's not a fast-paced story please don't think it's going to be a fast-paced story but it is easy to follow and i say this because i had to go back and forth um you know with two kids it's kind of hard to just sit down with a paperback and just kind of read you know i have a newborn She's about a month old now. She wants nothing more to, than to be held all the time. And then I have a two-year-old who wants nothing more than to play all the time. Um, so, you know, sitting down to read a physical book has gotten a little bit more difficult for me lately. So I've been listening to audiobooks. So I listen, I split my time up, you know. Whenever I had a chance to read the physical book, I would read it. And... Other times, you know, when I'm doing housework, doing dishes, you know, laundry, playing with the kids, um, just hanging out with them while they watch their cartoons, I have my earbud in and I'm listening to the audiobook version. So I was able to transition back and forth quite easily. Um, I've done this kind of method before. It doesn't always work, unfortunately. Um, and this is like with young adult books, for some reason, transitioning, maybe because I can get, I can tune out <laughs> the young adult book um, occasionally without intention. You know, when you're just listening to music and, you, you know, it just becomes kind of background noise and you're not really paying attention to it. I think that that sometimes happens when I'm listening to audiobooks. I didn't see that happen when I was listening to The Wheel of Time, I think because subconsciously I just know I had to pay attention. And because I was going back and forth, but I was able to do it seamlessly. Um, I didn't feel lost whenever I went back and forth. I was able to find my place in the physical book really quickly. I'm like, nope, listen to that. Listen, I'm like, ah, there I am. So it's memorable as well. I'm able to transition easily. It is memorable. I did find it quite interesting to read. It was easy to read, but it is not a fast-paced story. Do not think that it is a fast-paced story, because it's not. Um, if you've watched the show and you're like, whoa, this is such a great show, I've seen snippets of the, of the show. I see that it's fast-paced. Shows are different. Shows have to be fast-paced. Um, and there's so much narrative in the book that you have to understand they're going to be un there. I haven't seen the show yet, so I just know from what people have told me. There are going to be changes. There are changes. If you've already read the book, you know that there are changes. Some people are okay with them. Some people are not. 
Um, I work with two people who've read the book, love the book, both watch the show. One of them, not a fan of the changes. And the other one's like, well, they make sense. Um, the changes make sense to the story. And they've both read the entire series. So you're either going to love the changes or, or hate them. Um, but that's going to happen a lot. Um, and then um, you're also going to, <clears throat> sorry, it's not going to be fast paced like the show. Uh, it is not fast paced. There is lots of internal narrative. There is lots of narrative overall, you know, but it's still an interesting read. I think there's lots of good world building. There's lots of good character development. There's lots of good um, character dynamics and narrative. It is interesting and it was able to hold my interest from beginning to end. And that's something I enjoy when it comes to high fantasy. So, um, I have to give the eye of the world, I keep wanting to just call it the real time. <laughs> the eye of the world, I do want to give it four out of five stars. Uh, please remember to purchase the book from your local bookseller or online book retailer instead of Amazon. Um, please support your bookstores. You don't have to buy from Barnes Noble. You can support your independently owned small bookstores on bookshop.org or indiebound.org, which will connect you to independently small businesses that sell books um, and you know what I'm sure Target and Walmart also have books as well so does BJ's just support your support other businesses other than Amazon that's all I'm asking um, I think Amazon's gotten too big for its britches and it needs to be taken down a little bit <laughs> as someone who is struggling very hard to just kind of not shop on Amazon. <laughs> um, I never buy my books off of Amazon, ever, never. Haven't in years. So please support your small businesses, support your local bookseller. If you don't have a Barnes Noble or Brooks A Million in your area, you can shop online. And you know what? On Books A Million and BarnesNoble.com, they often have books for sale that they don't have in store. I get customers constantly asking me, can you match your online price? And I'm like, yeah, they'll save a few more bucks here or there, you know? So support your bookstores. Um, in any case, I hope you all have a great rest of your days and, and happy reading.